Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2, Episode 2, it's called Where Silence Has Lease. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. So, this one involves a big mystical mystery hole <laughs> in space. It's uh, scientifically accurate, that. Yes, um, and the Enterprise gets trapped outside it, and weird things happen, and I try to figure it out. Uh, there may or may not be some sort of godlike entity making it a very traditional classic episode of Star Trek. Uh, yeah. Before we get to any of that, though, before we get to any of that, though, uh, the start of the episode, like, Picard comes out of his ready room and he's kind of, like, hesitant. He almost, like, turns back and doesn't come out and then he uh, decides to come It's really, it's a really weird little scene. Um, and Everyone's then they, looking at him like something's wrong. Yeah, and then they, they start talking to him about uh, Riker, asking if he's nervous. He's like, well, you know, I think that there's parts of the Klingon, you know, society that we should be ignorant to. And it turns out Riker's in a training simulation with with Worf, um, and I don't think there's any like surprise that this is in just in the holodeck. Like, it does, you know, no. no one's trying to trick us. It's just you know, we could be cut to them in like a forest or a jungle, and yeah, uh, there's two alien dudes that are fighting. Uh, one's kind of a cheap looking ninja turtle with spikes. What's the description is any, uh, and then there's the other one that's got like a big yellow skull like head, um, kind of thick and yeah. you know, not very sleek looking um and there's a bit of a fight Worf gets kind of animalistic and he, he kills both of them and Riker has to tell him like hey lieutenant you know snap out of it and then he kind of snaps out of it and he's like yeah but he's kind of turning on Riker a bit first yeah yeah that's what I'm saying he's, he's kind of like feral almost he's like caught up in the bloodlust yeah but he's like lieutenant snap out of it and he snaps out of it and Riker says you know is, is, do you do this like every day and he's like well, not this exactly. My, my, when I do it, it's, a, it's, it's more intense than this. But yeah. that's, a, that's a personal experience. So this was the, the neutered version. Uh, Riker's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So um, there you go. And, you know, obviously, I think the, the thematic reason for this in this episode, outside of the fact that they're going to be together later on a little mission, is just yeah. that this is us trying to understand Klingons care the same way that... Uh, Throughout the episode, this entities essentially try to understand humans. Yes, exactly. Um, so a little bit clunky, though, isn't it? It's is a little bit clunky uh, as a as a device goes, but um, I I you know I enjoyed this episode well enough. I, I don't think it really ever reaches the heights that it could have or maybe wants I think to. I was really into about two thirds of it. Sure. Sure, because like. All the stuff flat while they're exploring the other ship, you know, you know, the mystery of what's going on, where exactly are they? I'm really into all that. Once, once the face appears, kind of lost me a bit. <laughs> I love the face. Uh, hold on. Uh, Nagilum, Nagilum, how do you pronounce it? it? Sounds about right. But do you do you love it sincerely, or do you love it just because it's? No, 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 I love it because it looks like a th- like a, an effect that you would see, like, this is what the AI artificial intelligence looks like on a video game with cutscenes on a PC from, like, 1994. That's what this looks like. Yeah, pretty much. Um, It looks ridiculously bad in the most delightful way possible. And, you know, the animation's terrible, it's, you know, it's moving its mouth to talk, but, like, it's just up and Barely, down. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you know. Uh, so, 
that, that that's entertaining to me. But yeah, so so like you know, they find this weird thing. They can't quite understand that data is like no, nah, it has no like mass of any kind. It has no readings of any kind. Uh, and Picard's like, well, yeah, but it must have a height and a width. I mean, we can see it. He's like, and he's like, well, technically, but not really. <laughs> um. And I'm going to blame Wesley for a lot here because they send in a probe, right? Like Worf's like, let's let's probe it. Uh, so they send in a probe, and the probe actually gets destroyed or whatever. And uh, Wesley's like, well, get given you know the probe, I can actually t- tell you what the safety barrier is now, so I can take us in closer if you want. And he's like, make it so. And I'm like, yeah. And of course, after he does that, they end up getting enveloped in it. Here's the thing. I can't believe I'm going to defend Wesley here. Mm. I think he's right. I think where he leaves it was the safety barrier. I think the 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 the, the empty space, the entity actually moves to envelop them. Oh, no, it does. It definitely does. I, I, I he's not wrong, but here's the thing: if it can move to get them, then having a further head start away from it is is a good idea, right? Well, yeah, but they don't even realize it's moved to get them until they're already inside it. That's true. That's true. Uh, Worf at one point around here also brings up an old Klingon like folktale about a big monster in space that envelops that things. Devours, yeah. I believe was the word. So, so he yeah, a little bit of Klingon, like yeah. So, so Klingons have heard about this thing, but they don't really know what it is. Um, so half of the time in this thing is basically spent of them realizing because at first they're just in it and they're like, okay, we're here. We might as well send out some tro- probes and like get some data. Um, and sure enough, they're ga- gathering some stuff and. Uh, there's some debates about what this place is. Is it another dimension? Is the lack of dimension another dimension? That kind of thing. Uh, there's a weird moment where uh, Pulaski, for some reason, is really like racist towards Data. Keeps keeps referring to him as it. Keeps yeah. You know, she's like she's having a real problem with this whole android thing, isn't she? Yeah, she's like it won't do what it's, it's supposed to do. And Picard's like, Lieutenant Data is very capable of his of his knows uh, what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, really has to hammer it in because it's like Picard's telling him to you know magnify it by ten, by a hundred, yada yada yada, and it's like oh, plus you know you 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 stand and watch, but she takes that to mean she has to keep telling Data the next increment up, mm. uh, and you know and it's that idea that he he knew to do that he'd been doing it on his own. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she has to admit that in his records in Starfleet, he is acknowledged as being a living being. Like, you know, he's he's alive. Yeah. Uh, as much as it's, it's impossible for her to get her head around that idea. Oh, dear. Um, so, they, so they're in there, and they try to move, and it's almost very Blair Witch. I can't believe I'm saying I'm making a reference to Blair Witch in an episode of Star Trek, but in the way that they keep moving in one direction, and they don't feel like they're getting anywhere, even though technically their computer and their engine and everything's saying, no, no, we've moved. So they launch a stationary probe with a beacon to sort of like so they can map how far they've moved, and they end up like coming back to it, even though they're I, going a I actually line. like the effect this way. You can hear it in the sound mix getting oh, further yeah. away to to your your left, uh, and then all of a sudden you just hear it in the right, and it's like oh they're approaching it again. Yeah, uh, really well done. I think in the five point one mix it was uh, more back to front than it was left to right. I get that. Depend, I think depending on the camera angle, I suppose. But yeah, because I think we—I mean, rule of thumb—we typically see the ship traverse left to right. 
Uh, oh yeah, when we're seeing traverse, but there's a lot of shots on the bridge just looking like at the crew and the captain from the front. There is, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so in, in the five point one mix, it was like you know, it was like you, you hear it going off at the distance behind them, and then you start hearing it come in behind you again, as if they're coming mm. up to it. So you know, really neat, neat little trick there. And it's the sort of thing I imagine that, um, I, like the original broadcast might have been stereo, but even if it was, I'm going to go out and I'm here and say it wasn't mixed as as stereo would be now probably not for broadcast tv i don't think so like if we're talking about like a big movie in stereo at the time sure yeah but not broadcast tv and the 5.1 definitely not oh obviously yeah that's a new creation from uh the yeah. remasters um very good though solid five. Oh, absolutely mix. uh so um yeah so so you know and then after this so they're like okay we're trapped in here you know be stationary again and then it's like wait we're getting readings as a ship and a romulan ship appears and it's like okay, everyone, red alert! Get you know they get hit by a rocket or whatever a torpedo, and they fire a torpedo back, and it instantly blows up the Romulan ship. I was like, oh, that's a bit easy. And it was the funny thing. There was something off about it. Even just the, the second it showed up, I went, "That's not real." Like, yeah, I just got that feeling. It just it, it didn't feel right. And it almost immediately after they've dealt with the Romulan ship, another starship appears, and it's the uh, uh, Yamaha or Yamato, I think, some of that. Uh, yeah, it's the sister ship. Yeah, so it looks exactly like the Enterprise from the outset. Which means we can use the sets of the Enterprise for when they're wandering around the other ship. <laughs> That's what that means. That. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, "There's no life signs on board, uh, but everything seems to be functioning correctly." So Raker's like, "Okay, let's go. Let's go across." So Raker and Worf go across, and they think they're beaming to. Uh, I think it was the after the bridge. Um, yeah, the bridge. Yeah. And it turns out that they end up in different places. And they take about time to find each other, but they both hear each other like yell or scream. And then when they find each other, they're like, wait, you? I wasn't screaming. Well, yeah, I heard you. No, I heard you. And so it's kind of this weird mirror like confusion going on. And yeah. then it gets really trippy when they start like going through the bridge. And then when they go, th- like they open a door on the bridge and walk into the bridge again. And they even at one point see themselves going through another door. Yeah, you have a wolf kind of halfway in the doorway, looking back and forth between. Yeah, no, I, I I love this bit. This bit of the episode was was kind of great. This was fun. It was especially because Worf was getting really angry because he didn't like how confusing it was. Yeah, yeah. He had Riker go tell him stand down, Lieutenant. You know, again. Yeah. So I mean, that was kind of neat. Um, and then they eventually can get because they can't communicate with them at this point. And they can't lock on to them, but eventually, whatever's doing this lets them lock on, and they beam back to the Enterprise. And they're really confused. They don't have no idea what's going on. They're more confused than ever. And then I think it's around this point where eventually the the face appears on the on the screen. I think I think first before that they have the the whack a mole game with the escape. Uh, you know they they can see the the exit point. Oh, sure, you're right. That because it, it first appears while well, they all on the because because they don't go because they'd leave Raker and Worf behind, which it almost feels like part of the test. Like would they leave those two behind to get out? Yeah, and they don't. So they they can see the stars. It's like, oh, that's where you know we can travel in that direction. There's an opening, yeah. Um, yeah. But it keeps closing, so they keep thinking they're about to get out, and then it closes again, and blah blah, blah and it opens up yeah. somewhere else. Uh, so yeah, that's going on, and it's funny because while they were on the other ship, uh, Wesley's not on the bridge anymore. He's been replaced with this other dude, this red shirt, and I recognized. Yeah, I reckon this recognized this guy immediately because there's a gif from this episode. Now I didn't know it was going to be in this episode. I thought oh, maybe he's going to be around for a while before this gif happens. Shouldn't have known better. It's a red shirt. Yeah, but he shows up 
And there's a famous gif of him with his ha- hands coming up to his head as his head shaking, as if he's having like a, a seizure or something like that. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, it happens in this because the big face and the horrible 90s CG, and it's not even the 90s yet. I'm saying 90s CG because it reminds me of 90s like FMV games. Yeah. Um, but this comes up on the screen and he's like, because they're theorizing before this, uh, Pulaski's like, you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd see we're rats in a maze. Like some, someone's testing us. Something is testing how we yeah. react to certain things. And this face comes up, and he wants to like test humans and how they handle death or how death works, and, and it'll maybe take a third to maybe fifty percent tops of your crew, because because he, he kills this guy, that's this guy in the bridge, this red shirt, he just yeah. makes him die. Yeah, and so I want to see different kinds of death and and how it affects them. Yeah, um, because now I actually thought this was the the gif where a, a lot of the version of it has him seeing a blue screen, like a Windows blue screen. Now, I believe that, 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 I'm sure I've seen that with this GIF, although the more common one is the one where Data gets angry and like smacks his fist on the screen. But I am yeah. sure I've seen this one with a shaking head. Uh, you probably have. With a blue, blue screen. I couldn't find it, though. Uh, I could find the GIF itself of his head shaking, because I get it's very popular to use uh, yeah. as a reaction shot. But um, that was that. Was that. Can't, I can't see the timer for the recording. I give up shit. <laughs> You're fine. It's yeah. still going. Um, I just, I'll be able to see it. I'll be able to see it. Um, so, here's where the episode gets a little bit wonky for me. I, I don't even mean the digital head. Uh, where the episode gets wonky for me is like, so they're being tested, they're, they're discussing, Worf thinks that 30 to 50% is acceptable casualties in a fight. And like they're like, Worf, we're not really in a fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> we shouldn't be accepting, we're not in a war or anything like that. But Picard's like, screw this. He's getting none of us. Yeah, Picard just jumps to, well... We'll blow up the ship then, so he can't take any of us. And Riker's on board with him. Riker's on board with it, and you know, at the end, you know, I, you know, one of them says, "Oh, like he, he'll really, I guess maybe Wesley, he'll really let that bluff go to the, the last possible second. And someone says, "But was he bluffing?" And I'm kind of of this mind where I'm like, he had to have been. If he wasn't bluffing, then Picard's a madman. <laughs> I, I think he's a madman. I don't think it was a bluff. I think he. He never gave any indication it was a bluff. Like, here's I the thing. I think he genuinely was like, nah, screw this thing. If he wants to experiment on all of us, I'm just killing us all. Here's the problem, though. I don't think there's enough to build up to him making that choice. Like, I'll accept that if things get dire enough, he's willing to kill the entire ship so that they don't get taken by whatever this is or to make some sort of point. But I just, I don't think there's enough in the episode to justify him making this this extreme choice. Uh, I said, I'm not defending. When I said uh, earlier, it was when the head showed up was kind of where the episode lost me. It wasn't just because of the head. I just mean like yeah. this whole everything after this point is considerably weaker than. Yeah, uh, than I just, I, it felt so weird that he got to this point. To the, so because when when the fake data because Troy and Data came in to kind of argue two different sides of like what they should do. Um. And, you know, Data calls him Jean-Luc, and it's, like, one of the tells that something's not quite right here. And they're like, uh, no, uh, you know, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. Uh, Picard calls him out, it's like, hey, nice try. Like, you know, computer, where's Data? He's on the bridge, all right. I know it's you, too. I know it's you, bad guy. Yeah, piss off. And whatever. Like, and after this, uh, like, they're outside the thing. Like, all of a sudden, it's just stars outside. Like, the, the thing's disappeared. And I think Picard was right to assume it might still be an illusion because he's clearly... I was thinking that as well. Yeah, because yeah. he's clearly been shown that that's the case. Uh, so I, I like his scepticism of thinking they're actually free of or it. He, he really does leave it to the last second to defuse the, the, the auto self-destruct. Yeah, um, which Riker takes like 30 seconds to say yes, that he agrees that to, you know, to confirm to cancel it. 
Yeah, yeah. He's like, and Picard's like, come on, could have just said yes. Yeah. Uh, so I like that part of it. I like that he was skeptical at that point, but you know, during the fake, the fake, you know, characters and him like sussing this out, like I was thinking, okay, this is a bluff. He did this to kind of like play, you know, you know, basically force the, the entity to like play and like do something uh, to yeah. react to it. Um, but at the same time, it's like he legitimately was going down to the wire on this, and he like even if it's a bluff, I still feel like it was an extreme step at that point. I don't sure. think. Well, that's the thing. It never indicates that it is a bluff. There's nothing no. on his behalf to indicate that uh, he isn't fully sincere in this action. And but here's the thing: even if it is a bluff, let's just say let's just take it for granted that it's a bluff, right? He was never really wanting to plot sure. the ship. Uh, well, maybe once a stranger, because obviously he doesn't want to. But um, yeah. like even if it's a bluff, I still don't think the plot's at the point yet where he's ready to bluff that. <laughs> like, no. You know, I don't, I don't, I feel like it would take him a few more deaths to really set him on edge. Like, no, we're facing something that we can't deal with. I agree. You know, it just it feels yeah. too too rushed. Um, and after they've got out, they've turned the self destruct off. He goes to his ready room, and uh, you know, what's his name again? Uh, Nagelum uh comes up on the screen to talk to him, and you know, basically just like, oh, you know. I've learned things about you, and you know, you, I've learned that humans, you, you, you act too quickly with violence, and you, you're stubborn, and blah blah blah. And Picard's like, well, we've been, you know, recording stuff on you too. And if there's, there's one thing we do have in common, that's curiosity, because you were curious about us, just like we mm-hmm. were curious about you. And he's like, ha, perhaps that's true. Maybe one day, you know, when humans are ready, we'll meet again, kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's always the end of these episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it, it felt especially rushed in this one though, because it felt like so slow paced in a good way for the first like two thirds. It was methodical. Yeah, and in the last third, it just kind of rushed through this idea of getting to like I feel like if if we're going to get to the point in an episode where Picard's willing to kill the entire ship instead of like the bad guy winning, I feel like the entire episode has to build to that. I agree. Yeah, and him I'm, losing I'm his shit over the course of the episode, but it yeah. didn't do that. So, oh, is it? You know, the first two thirds was like, oh, this is on par to be up there with the best episodes of season one. Yeah. Uh, like comfortably, like I had the right tone. I, you know, it was just weird enough. You know, when they were going through all the, the the same bridge over and over, and debating whether or not is it the same bridge or are they going through into a copy of the bridge. You know, like like I thought that was all great, like really good stuff. Yeah, and as a, and even without the face, I think the disappointment part of it being like a godlike figure just testing humans is that you know that that stuff going through the bridge was so interesting that. It's actually disappointing that the answer is just no. Nah, it's just a godlike being testing. Like, there's no like reason for that specific. You know, the actual like looping element of it didn't have a reason. It was just what he was doing to mess with them. Yeah. Whereas, it, you know, let's say it was the. It, it wasn't a conscious entity, right? But let's say this, uh, void. Yeah, it was, it was, was the, still doing it. Right? Yeah, it was the scientific properties of the void. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than that, it was more. Like it didn't have enough information. It didn't. To, to replicate everything so just reuse the same room over and over yeah something like that um or even if it was like a godlike entity whose computer couldn't do it or something like that you know to get add like a caveat to it they made it a bit more yeah just interesting because it was a really interesting concept when they were walking around it and trying to figure it out and but then it, it but it ultimately has very little meaning it doesn't no, no. um you know I, I, i'll actually talk about because uh, at the end like the bad guy's like oh well you know, humans, they're quick to, you know, rush to judgment, but they're slow to change. You could argue that the idea of them going in circles in the ship is, like, a sort of representation of, like... Like, 
if, if, if they had, sure. if they had thought about it unlike humans they might have like had a solution but because they just kept running through it was almost like they were repeating keep going through the same door yeah. over and over yeah yeah i'm, I'm, I'm with you yeah it's not great but it's just the one thing i feel like we're reaching a little bit there yeah yeah it is it's not a terrible episode it is i mean you know it's like a solid 6.5 yeah, no, kind I agree. Of, kind of I think it's more frustrating because it had so much potential. Yeah, for the first two thirds, uh, I liked it more than the last episode. So you know, well, yeah, it was that. a pretty low bar going in though. Um, and we also have um, what what do we call it? Uh, the end? Uh, little joke scene. Like Picard literally comes out of his ready room after this conversation, and as he's sitting down, he's like, "Okay, resume or or what our course was before all this started." And Riker says to Wesley, "And if you see any holes, uh, just uh, you know, avoid them at all costs." And yeah. they have a chuckle. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. So it's, just, it's, not, it, it's not quite banter, but humor. It just ends abruptly, and like yeah. the main plot, the the way the characters end at the end of the episode, all of it just ends a bit abruptly, and it just feels yeah, a bit I can't off. Can't argue with that. Feels a bit off. It's a shame. So I guess we'll see what's coming next time. Yeah. Uh hopefully something uh, interesting so it's called elementary my dear data oh, sorry, just, oh i'm excited sorry, sorry elementary dear data there's no my in there i i did that in just naturally because yes yeah uh, excited already yeah uh, an attempt to provide data with a challenging sherlock holmes holodeck rpg scenario backfires when its professor moriarty character accidentally becomes self-aware oh i i know you know, there are people screaming, oh, it's just another holodeck gone rogue episode. But I love the sound of this. Joe, Joe, it's funny to me about this description. This was obviously written by someone years later because I don't believe for a second that someone in 1987 or whatever it was wrote the phrase RPG into the description. Um, Probably not. Highly unlikely. It's unlikely, but you know, D D and D's at a big height in the eighties. Yeah, but a holodeck's more like a video game, though, right? That is D and D. Depends how they treat it in the episode, because mm. it's it's data going in and role playing as Sherlock Holmes, right? I it, by that description. I suppose, but these are user submitted, I'm sure. So I've got a feeling this yeah. is this was someone in like 2010 writing this, and P probably more likely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah that's elementary dear data that's next week's episode so obviously let us know what you thought of this one in the comments if you want to support everything we do at Mailfuzz TV especially the Star Trek discussions uh, go to patreon.com slash Mailfuzz TV where you can support us for as little as $1 per month uh, and for that $1 you get these Star Trek reviews a week early and um, you get bonus episodes of some of our other shows as well as other episodes of other things early um, and obviously there's more to get the $5 and up tiers uh, so go have a go have a look see and you can also support us by liking subscribing uh, you can support us by giving the audio version of the podcast a review and five stars on the podcast app, you know, Apple Podcasts or whatever it is. Uh, you can, of course, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, you get me on Twitter at Wibble89. Get Connor on Twitter at ConnorRyan94, uh, should you wish individual Twitters. Um, we don't say them enough for the audio listeners. I mean, they're on the screen for the video folk, but we don't say it enough for the audio people. Uh, it, it used to be a thing we said at the end of everything, but then... It became a, a big mouthful, didn't it? Ah. With, with your big spiel at the end of it. There's enough outro anyway. We can throw in the twirls. Uh, uh, all the way back around now. But, like, oh, that's big enough. Just just balloon it. Yeah, that is us. Uh, obviously, check out all the content we've got. We have Classic Twilight Zone reviews going up every week as well. 
Um, we have uh, Firefly reviews going up right now. And of course, we're expecting the new season of The Expanse coming soon, uh, if you're into that, which you might be if you're into like, sci-fi so, shows. To be honest, by the time you see this, we might already have a date. Slash After. maybe already the show. If the shadow drop it, but uh, that has been us. Thank you very much once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek, guys, and to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper. <laughs>